Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. everyone welcome to too scary didn't watch the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves i'm emily and i am too scared to watch scary movies i'm henley and i'm also too scared to watch scary movies i'm sammy and i love watching scary movies and so i watch them and i tell you about them except for today where we all watched the movie Ooh, you bet we did can you believe it can you believe it and it is a freaking good one folks but we're not going to tell you about it just yet. First, first you have to hear about us. You have to hear, <laughs> ha ha! Have to hear about us. Um, did anything scary happen to us this week? Um, so I last night went to a concert. Oh my oh. god! <laughs> uh, to see the bands Taking Back Sunday oh and my Third god. Eye Blind. Stop it! <laughs> Oh my God. It was, I had so much fun and reminder, or for those of you who don't know, I don't like music. Uh -uh. I don't like it. I don't like concerts. I don't like live music. Mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> I find it all quite stressful. Was it like nostalgia? It, it was, was just so pure nostalgic. nostalgic. Yeah. And the, the kind of scary thing, I mean, not actually scary, but it's just so weird. I haven't listened to these songs in mm. close to 20 years and mm -hmm. I know all of yep. the lyrics. That's insane. It's I love so that. weird. And every time that happens, you know, something will come on, come on the radio that you haven't heard in forever. And it'll, sh it shocks me each time. Holy shit. I remember all of these words. Yep. And why can't I remember anything useful? I just remember every, every word mm -hmm. to every Taking Back Sunday song from their 2002 album. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not that you don't like music. Maybe you just need more Taking Back Sunday in your life. You need well, more Third I, Eye Blind. I got, I got it. To, that was actually truly one of the things I said when I left is I could have used a little more Taking Back Sunday. I thought their <laughs> set was a little too short. A little short. <laughs> Third Eye Blind played for so long and it, they were great. I did. I have heard... Some loose whisperings about the singer of Third Eye Blind being a creep. Mm. I don't know oh. what he did, but I'll just throw that out there just to <laughs> say be, if he's be. a creep. We've heard maybe. If he's a creep, then, you know, that's not great. But he did put on a great show. I don't think I know that many Third Eye Blind songs, actually, besides like. I, th I knew more than I thought. Is and Jumper I, Third Eye Blind? It's Jumper, Semi-Charmed oh, yeah. Life. Okay. <laughs> Do they just play those two over and over? <laughs> those are the only two I know. There was a point in the show because it, they played for truly close to two hours. Oh, that's absolutely too long. There was a point where I thought maybe they're not going to play those two. Maybe they're that <gasps> kind of band that's like, well, we don't play the, those ones anymore. And I was getting more and more mad the longer they weren't playing them. But of course, they were saving them for the end oh, and they did play yeah, them. Really. And it was great. And it was really sweet. I We left as they were playing Semi-Charmed Life. Uh, like at the very tail end of the song and I got to like look back at the audience and seeing everyone singing it the whole stadium singing it having so much fun uh, it was so cute 
Wow. I just had a blast. And yeah, I don't know what that means. I can't believe yeah, I that. guess I just have to go to nostalgia, nostalgia concerts. concerts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's that makes the, sense. maybe the only kind of concert I would enjoy as well is the nostalgia. Like I'd absolutely. I would lose my shit to go to the Spice Girls. Oh my God. Yeah. Can you imagine? I can. Anyways, it was great, and I had a great time. Wow! And I listened to Take You Back Sunday this whole morning, and it was just really funny. <laughs> what it. a what a funny weird little trip down memory lane. It was great. But what about you guys? What's scary in your lives? So, <laughs> what's scary for me this week is that. Um, sorry, I'm gonna talk about my son yet again. It's the only thing I seem to be able to talk about, but nonetheless, I'm bringing up Silas. Um, he's 13 months old, and he has only just started to get scared of things. It's really mm-hmm. crazy because babies don't—they're—they're they're not. Fear isn't really like a emotion they have besides like maybe to keep them safe but like a more imaginative fear doesn't start happening until you're two or older oh wow but it's it's just starting to happen for silas and he um like they like kids don't need nightlights until they're two or older because they're not scared of the dark like like your imagination isn't working in that way until right, you're a little okay. bit older and so silas but just literally in the past like few days has started to get scared of things these are the things that he's been scared of in the past, oh past few days first a jack-in-the-box makes a lot of sense makes jack a in the lot boxes of are sense. fucking scary but we like did it dude you know the song <laughs> dude, whatever and yeah. then it popped out and he screamed cried screamed cried hated it he doesn't like a jump scare doesn't like a jump scare just like his mommy doesn't like a jump scare and um my mom we were with my mom and she spent i'm not joking hours with silas and this jack-in-the-box doing it over and over and over again until he wasn't scared anymore and she was like (laughs) she was she would she would pick up it was like a little butterfly of a creature it's like not scary at all but she called him busy bee maybe it's a bee but it looks like a butterfly and she'd be like it's mrs busy bee she would do it over and over again until he finally enjoyed it and would wave at busy bee and would be so happy to see busy bee anyway bless my mother because i there's no way in hell i'm gonna spend that amount of time with a jack-in-the-box but (gasps) there's two other things the other thing is we opened an umbrella scared the shit out of him he started clinging to me trembling trembling in fear and the third was a finger puppet um that he thought was real and this is a (laughs) brand new thing brand new brand new and so yeah finally um have to be aware of things that might scare silas oh my god that's it's so cute though that's That's really cute when he was clinging (laughs) to me after the umbrella opened he was trembling he was looked so scared and his little scared face he was tracking back and forth in the room looking around the room looking for the umbrella wasn't sure where it had gone like so scared like eyes wide open like literally like shaking in my arms and it was really sad but also i mean love to be loved in that way i mean felt really yeah. like <laughs> you're a safe you're the safest place yeah wow so that we'll see we gotta, we gotta be careful about little silas now he's scared. i'm so i'm so curious to see his journey with fear throughout his life all the way up until he gets to see some horror movies what's his thoughts gonna be on horror movies how when are you gonna make him start listening to the podcast oh already i put these headphones on him every night and he goes to sleep listening to us just the event horizon episode over and over 
Uh, yeah, I wonder what will be the horror movie that traumatizes him. There will be one. There will There's be one, one for all of us. So there I wonder will what it will be for him. Wow, I can't wait to find out. Emily, what about you? Um, well, I don't really have anything. It's been a nice little week. Um, I, I was just going to say, it was something surprising that happened, which surprises near to fear. <laughs> is, um, I went to Palm Springs this weekend for just two nights for a friend's birthday. And while we were there, ran into another friend, had no idea she was going to be there. Her and her husband, who I had just met on that trip. And it was like, so it was so lovely when I was spending the whole weekend with them. And it just, it was one of those moments where I just, it felt like it absolutely needed to happen. Do you know, like afterwards it was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad to have spent this time with these people and to get to know them better. And it just wasn't planned at all. And oh, it just great. was a little moment of, of being like, is fate real? <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I don't know because some, so much happens that's outside of our control that ends up being like so important. really lovely, and you just can't. And, and it's just, it was very special, and I really, it was like a real little treat from the world. Oh, that's great! I love that. It was nice. A nice little, little dose of kismet. I also did get um, really hungover <laughs> another day, so that was not mm, fate. That was scary. me. That was me making a mistake. Um, but it's just mm. so dang hot there. You know, you really it's real easy to to get to overdo too it. dehydrated, you know, and so you got to. And you're not I feel like when you're really hot, you're not as hungry. You're not eating as much. I did when not you're eat really, it. No, really I, didn't, hot. I didn't eat enough. And you have to, That'll you do have to it. drink like three times as much water. Like you have to drink mm -hmm. so much more water than even when you think you're drinking a lot of yeah. water. It's like still not enough. Ooh, well, that sounds um, lovely. It was lovely. <laughs> Minus the hangover. Um, shall we talk about this week's movie? Oh Let's my do it. Freaking God. Yes, I'm so excited. This week, we are talking about Prey. Just came out on Hulu on August 5th. It is directed by Dan Trachtenberg, written by Patrick Azen, story by Dan Trachtenberg, based on characters by Jim Thomas, starring Amber Midthunder, Dakota Beavers, and Dane Liguero. And we, folks, <laughs> buckle, buckle up, buckle, buckle up. up. Are you sitting? You should Are you sitting be. Down? You sit, down. Sit, down. sit down. Sit down if you're not already sitting. Sit down. <laughs> buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> We got to chat with Dan Trachtenberg himself, the director of this movie. He also directed 10 Cloverfield Lane. Mm -hmm. We covered that movie. One ever of my heard of fucking it? favorites. <laughs> ever heard of it? Heard of that one? He directed the pilot episode of The Boys, which ever is... Ever heard of it? Ever heard of it? Starring friend of the pod, Jack Quaid. Ever heard of it? Ever heard of him? <laughs> <laughs> and he directed what I think is the scariest episode of Black Mirror. It's one of my favorites called Playtest. And he's just the best. And I'm so thrilled that we got to talk to him about this movie. And you guys aren't going to want to miss it. And that interview is going to be at the end of this episode. So just make sure you stay tuned to the very end, because it was just delightful to talk to him. Oh, he was the best. Oh, it was so special. It, it was, was so special. Really cool. This movie is great. It was so fun to get to watch this movie. Really, really enjoy it. And then just talk about it and learn more about it and the process of making it and 
you guys are gonna love it yeah it's a great it's a great film so if you guys haven't seen it yet you, you know maybe we'll give you permission to pause the podcast go watch it if you want to watch it before we do the recap yep, or yep. do both listen to the recap then watch the movie you know it's up to you but no matter what just go see it because it's really good i saw it I if, yeah, if we can if do Henley it. can do it you can do if it Henley can do it you can do it also i'll just go ahead and say it's a crisp 90 minutes, maybe 95, <laughs> but it's it's right in the pocket. It's exactly how long mm-hmm. you want it to be. Perfect length. Who doesn't have time for a 90 minute movie? <laughs> Everybody has time. But yeah, wow. Let's freaking talk about this movie. Okay. So we got a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. <gasps> Huge. So high. 71 Metacritic, 7.2 IMDb. Pretty high for both of those, too. Pretty high. Tracking high for IMDb. And some trivia. This is the seventh installment in the Predator franchise. Wow, seven. Counting the two Alien versus Predator movies. Okay. And as of right now, this is the highest rated Predator movie in the entire franchise. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Even more than... Because the first one isn't as high, I remember, as I thought it would be last Mm-mm. time. I, I think the first one is 87 or something. So this has okay. yeah, the highest, um, according to Rotten Tomatoes. And it is also the all-time highest viewed premiere of any TV show or movie on Hulu ever. Holy shit. That's crazy. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it insane it's not Love Island? <laughs> I don't know. I'm really putting in work for Top Chef personally, so I don't really understand. Um, holy, that's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool that Hulu even like really, I mean, I guess they would release that information. I just feel like it's such a mystery, all the streaming, all the streaming I know. Numbers. I never understand. I do desperately want to see this movie on a big Big Me screen. Too. It would be so good on a big screen. Someday, perhaps. Someone with they, a screening room. Hey, somebody with a screen. Somebody in the movie theater. Put it up. Put it up. And Dane Laguerre, who plays the Predator, is six foot nine. Holy oh, shit. my God. But if you'll remember, Kevin Peter Hall, who played the original Predator, was seven, seven, feet, right? seven foot two. <laughs> it's so tall. So as at six nine, he is five and a half inches tiny, shorter teeny, teeny, than the other tiny. Just so crazy, so tall. How high are doors normally? You I'm know? sure they. I'm sure they bump their heads on some doors. Absolutely. <laughs> How high are doors? <laughs> like are you- um, I think like seven feet is a standard door size. Can you imagine every time you go through a door, you gotta like duck under, oh, like awful. you're going into your little hobbit? I mean, imagine imagine being on planes. Imagine buying clothes. Yeah, being on planes. You just really can't. Sucks. You just simply. You don't fit. You just don't fit. I did look up. Um, uh, Joel went to was able to go to a screen, so he did see it on a big screen. <laughs> nice to be Joel. Um, went to a screening of this movie with a friend, and uh, there was a Q and A after with Dan and with um some of the cast, including uh Dane the Predator, and he said he was really funny and cool. And so I looked him up on Instagram after. Was <laughs> I'm obsessed with his Instagram presence look him up he's so funny he plays a lot of creatures and Ooh. he's like a former pro basketball player maybe in, in europe he's get, getting into that like javier botet niche. Yep, i was trying yep. to remember his name so he's javier like doing a lot of, a lot of creature acting and um seems just absolutely delightful so i love that cool. i mean uh, javier botet also uh, delightful delightful everybody in this movie was fucking great also great. by the way the performances were so good I really like Amber Mid-Thunder. She's Ooh, also she is wonderful. She's also in Legion, and mm. she's great in that as well. And I'm excited to see her in more stuff. 
I also just, I mean, I loved, I, okay, whatever. I, I can't even go into it, but I really, <laughs> okay, loved, whatever. I, I really, I really loved, um, being able to see the Native American experience on the screen in a way that we've like, I've never seen it before. And to be completely frank, it made me think about how deeply unprepared I am to face the elements like ever and how (sighs) weak and vulnerable I am Mm, any time I'm outside. And the only time I could, the only thing I could think was like, wow, like these people fucking knew what the fuck they were doing. Like they were so powerful and intelligent and like god we have come so imagine far imagine if now we, we all prioritized being like in touch with the physical with, world can you imagine how different everything would be if we hadn't outsourced our brains to our phones and technology like completely i don't want to think about it i don't want to think about it either right? yeah, i would be a stronger better person <laughs> <laughs> i think you're strong and great okay thanks mm-hmm. that's nice uh the last little piece of trivia i i I listened to an interview and they were talking about the there is a scene involving a bear in this movie. Yep. And when they were filming it, where they were filming it, bears were waking up from hibernation (gasps) at that time in that place. And so there was a person whose entire job it was to just look out for (gasps) bears. Oh, my God. That makes sense. That makes sense. And his name. Oh, what's his name? What's his name? His name's Barry. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish this is an this is an auditory medium so you can't see Sammy's face, but I knew I knew how much she was excited to tell us <laughs> that information. To see on your face the eagerness to say that his name was Barry. The bear guy's was a, name's Barry. A real treat for me. A real treat for me personally. <laughs> What was he going to do if he saw him? Just be like, bear, bear. Like, Probably. He, Maybe he had bear spray. Fuck. That would be... Yeah, Would you bear be spray. able to like... Oh, yeah. Because you wouldn't be able to pack up a whole fucking I know. Because I was going to say, have you guys time? Gone, gone camping in a place where you have to like pack up things and put them up in a tree and stuff? Yes. I had to go to a place where it, you had to have bear spray too. They mm-hmm. like required bear spray. And it was so... First of all, it's pretty expensive. I had to buy it and it's expensive. Oh, sure. Second of all... Imagining basically pepper spraying a bear. It's like just like what I mean, Pretty I'm gonna crazy. fucking spray it's bear spray work. in a bear's face. Work? Obviously, I'd try it if I'm being attacked by a bear, but it just see. We well, absolutely try it. Yeah, it's just imagining the scenario is you're, so you're crazy. Like, you're like, a we're gonna be close. We're gonna be close enough where the spray will make contact. That's how close I'm gonna be to a bear. Right. And also, right. it's not just gonna piss the bear off and make them want to eat me even more. But I guess not. I, with all camping situations and all wild animal situations, I'm all, I mean, it's like one of my biggest fears. I, I'm not a good camper, but I, I always get confused which one you're supposed to do with what animal, like when you're supposed to try to look big and scary and when you're supposed to play dead. And I just know that if it ever happens to me, I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> I'm going to do, <laughs> do the wrong thing. I'm going to play dead for a wolf or something when that's the one you're supposed to look big for. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer because I've outsourced my brain to my phone, so I wouldn't have time to yeah. Google it. I would be like, I need to Google that, and I don't have time because I'm going to get murdered. Siri, I can't imagine being in hey, that Siri? situation <laughs> to begin with. I'm not in nature that's that intense, basically ever. Yeah. Should we watch this freaking trailer? Yes, Let's we should. Let's do it. Let's do it. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. 
I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. Mamoy, Nita. It knows how to hunt. I know how to survive. It's so awesome. Love it. All the sound design. It just. Predator sound. The little like. Oh, the clicking. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. I just can't get over the setting. Like, I can't get over how beautiful the film actually is. There was a really. It was, yeah, stunning, really beautiful cinematography. It made me want to just like be out in the world more. I'm like, damn it. I'm spending way too much time. Yeah, you're like, really having a hard time right now. Rooms, small rooms. <laughs> small four-walled uh, rooms. Yeah. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website. And put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Man, oh man. 
Um, should we talk about this freaking movie? Let's, Let's do, it. do it. I can't wait. We start with some voiceover over black that just says a long time ago, a monster came here. Mm-hmm. And I think this is Amber Midthunder speaking and she spe- says it in English and in Comanche, which is another thing we should mention is that this movie has like a full Comanche dub. You can watch it mm-hmm. fully in Comanche, which is mm-hmm. awesome. But yeah, we are basically introduced to her character, Naru. She's trained as a healer. We see her with picking flowers, but secretly practicing her axe throwing. And so she is being, you know, told by her, the the tribe basically wants her to be the heal- a healer and she wants to be a warrior and a hunter. Yes. And she and she's like with a, a, a group of women, basically. They yes. all have their little baskets. They're all collecting um yeah like plants and herbs and flowers and she and she also has a dog with mm-hmm. her sorry i sorry sorry mm-hmm. um beautiful beautiful dog very cute dog and yeah she is uh, we see much more interested she's got her little hatchet and she's throwing it really fucking expertly. really accurately very strongly yeah this is where the sound design also is so cool did you see that like <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it and so she's we see her sneaking off to hunt basically in secret by herself. This is what she mm-hmm. likes to do. And she sees a deer w- mm-hmm. while she's out with her dog and decides to track it and try to kill it. And as she's watching it kind of crouched, we hear a weird noise and it spooks the deer and the deer starts running and she's chasing it and still trying to get it. And the deer gets away. And in this chase, the dog gets his tail caught in a trap. Mm-hmm. And Naru puts some some of her herbs, herbal medicine on it, some sort of salve that she mm-hmm. has made. And she looks, conf- she like picks up the trap and is, um, has maybe not seen this before. And so yes. it, it's like a moment of acknowledgement of what is this? Why is it here? It's made out of iron, and I'm assuming that's something they don't have, the material that's not seen. She's not seen before. And after this scene, she's walking back to um, her home, and she sees something in the sky. It looks like a dark storm cloud. We, like, hear a rumbling, and the clouds all sort of, like, it's like when you like move your hand through water and it like mm-hmm. comes back over on itself. The clouds are like doing that. And she Ooh, it's so cool. Sees this. And there's some like red lights flickering in it. Doesn't look like a natural phenomenon. No. And the shot holds on the sky in this gray, cloudy sky, and the title comes down from above Prey. It's and so it's cool. so cool. I love I loved the that. font is perfect. And yeah, I just loved it. And then we go to a scene in which she is with her brother. Her brother is Tabe. Yeah, the sky like transitions to a, a hawk flying through the sky. And they are talking about their kutamiya, which is basically the hunt that you have to do to prove yourself or what it's like a rite of passage. Basically, you return with the head of an animal that you've killed. It proves that you are ready to be a hunter in the tribe. Right. And uh, she tells Tabe that she saw a sign, the Thunderbird in the sky, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she's ready her for, for her kutamiya. And at this point, I think he seems 
he's he's cautiously like, are you sure hunting an animal that hunts you like that's going to be pretty scary. This is her older brother. He's yeah, they, they have like a good sibling dynamic, but he it, he thinks she's maybe he like clearly does respect her, but is sort of like. I like you're maybe too eager. You're maybe not quite ready yet. Like it, it maybe thinking she's a little too ego driven and like you got to wait for the right time. They're having this conversation while they're both kind of sh- pointing their arrows at a bird as it's circling the lake and he shoots it and he's like, see, like you waited too long. And she's like, oh, I was waiting for him to circle back. I was waiting for the bird to circle back so I didn't have to cross the lake to go get him. So already signs of like him not really trusting her, but her clearly like one she's step got ahead. a plan of her own. She has a different yeah. perspective. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we see a scene with her and her mom with uh, flowers and herbs preparing medicines and her mom asks her, why do you want to hunt? And she says, because you all think I can't. She does say you have so you have so many other talents. Like, why? Why not just pursue those? This is she's making the mom is making a kind of a um, a mixture um, medicine for I don't know if it's the chief or someone who's hurt their knee. Mm-hmm. And um, Naru at this point points out, she's like, oh, you're missing this one flower. And the mom is like, who told you about this flower? And she's like, you did. Like, you taught this to me. And um, so she's asked her to go gather it, to go pick it. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the flower? I don't this know. Orange it's, an flower? Or, it's an orange flower. Orange something. We can call it the orange flower. Orange the is orange definitely something. in the name. Yeah. yeah. We will be calling it the orange flower. We will okay, be calling great. it the orange flower. From here on <laughs> out, it great. is the orange flower. <laughs> yeah. So she goes, she grabs her basket and she goes to collect the flower as she leaves the tent someone there's commotion happening in the village and someone is saying uh so and so one of the hunters has been attacked by a lion and they want to go kill the lion and mm-hmm. she wants to go with as part of the hunt and her brother tabe says you can come with for the medicine part because if we find him and he's hurt you know you're a healer and, and it's it's for the medicine part and apparently she's a really good tracker so they're yeah. like the other men on the hunt with the, her brother. Her brother's clearly like the leader of them. He's maybe the most experienced and most respected. And he, they don't want her to come with at all. And he says she can come with, but uh, yeah, for your healing. And she's a good tracker. She'll help us find where he is. And then he says something like, and you you know how to, f- like, you can find him, right? And she's like, yeah, I can. And he's like, well, now you have to. Like, the stakes are really high. The fact that she's put herself out there in this way is like well you better fucking prove yourself then because i've put myself on the line for you a little bit so you have to like step up and prove your worth um just one of the first of many examples of her having to be better than everyone else because none of the men know how to like track or do medicine essentially i mean maybe they do know how to track but seems like she's better than them though yeah and so they all set out to to look for the injured guy. And in between this, we see a shot of a rat or a rodent or something. Oh, yes. Oh, this shot was so cool. And creepy. we see a snake watching it. And you know that the snake's about to get the rat. And it does. Snake attacks the rat. And then we see the snake get stabbed through by something invisible and just hear... Can anybody do a predator noise? <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it at all. I, I could. I, the snake. The snake is like mid bite, so his mouth is wide open. You see the predator claw just like fucking 
go through the head of the snake and the snake is like stunned and this horrifying like profile of a snake. Ooh. And he does the classic fucking spine rip on this snake. I love love a predator spine rip. It's my favorite part (laughs) of all the predator movies. It's the best. And yeah, we just, we see. It's pretty gnarly. There's an apex predator in this wilderness. Uh Uh-huh. And so then they find, they do find the person who has been attacked by the lion. And Naru administers the orange flower to him and gives him kind of a lot. And they say... Like, oh, that much might, much might kill him. And she says, no, it's just going to cool his blood. Because if it if he gets too warm, he'll bleed out. Yep. And and meanwhile, so she's she's healing him and the rest of the hunting party. They're like making a, a make a little stretcher for him, put him on it. They go to carry him back. Half of them go. No, all of them are going to go to bring him back mm-hmm. home. Um, mm-hmm. But her brother is like, I'm going to go find the lion. Mm-hmm. I believe she has also seen at this point the snake. She sees the body of the snake on the ground. Tabe leaves and then she sees the snake and she says, I need to warn Tabe there's something else out there. Like a lion clearly didn't do this. Yeah. And she sees the tracks. And she sees a yeah, a really big track that doesn't look like a lion track. Doesn't and the uh, the rest of the hunting party is like, oh, it's a bear. And she's like, that I don't think that's a bear. They are not really taking it seriously and they want her to come back with them. She says, No, I gotta go, I gotta go warn my brother. And so she goes after. Uh, Tape. And they go to hunt the lion. And he tells her this this is her kutamiya. So she has a strategy of gutting up into a tree to sort of wait. And here's a moment where I felt very stupid. Joel and I both were like, a lion? And then we're like, oh, mountain lion. Like, I only ever think of lions I as like the same the, thing. Like, same fucking thing. Simba um, and Mufasa. <laughs> but no, I was like, oh, duh, mountain lion. But um, so it's anybody else who's going, what? There's a lion there? That's what we're talking about. But uh, she goes up in a tree to like wear the lion out, I think is like her strategy. She goes into the tree with the other hunter that came with them while her brother sort of waits in the grasses, I think, to, to come at it from another angle. And she's in the tree with this other hunter and he is basically has no respect for her is like, you're never going to be a hunter. Uh, have you you've never seen a lion? You've never interacted with a lion. Looked at its mouth full of knives. It'll kill you like and then the lion just fucking kills him instantly. <laughs> yep. Um, which I was like, Ooh, what a bad way to go. <laughs> it would be a uh, yeah, real bummer to be killed while you are bragging. <laughs> and then the lion starts coming for her she does sort of panic she starts backing up on this uh, to the end of this tree branch uh to get away back and get some distance from this lion and she gets to the end of the tree branch which is you know uh, thinner and can't really hold her weight she hears something and it distracts her for a second she hears uh, the little clicky clicky sound and turns her head and in that moment she she trips and falls she falls and oh falls and hits her head on a rock and it the screen goes black she wakes up with a jolt back at home um with her mom who has is like tending to her healing her um she says the mom says your brother carried you back and she is very like i have to i have to go back to him he needs me i have to warn him because she again she heard this other thing she knows there's something else out there besides this lion and her mother says if he needed you there he wouldn't have brought you back which she sort of 
hears that and resigns herself to to realize like oh okay i i will stay here and then i believe we hear uh, like a commotion outside everybody goes out and her brother is walking back up with blood on him and the head of the lion he has killed it and everybody uh comes out and and honors him for doing so yeah this is his kutamiya and he gets the title of war chief now it's like a very celebratory i love the way that this scene was filmed it was it was beautiful they like gather around a fire and yeah there's they do a little ceremony for him and uh naru sort of wanders off away from the main circle as this is happening clearly very frustrated with herself and disappointed uh her brother sees her comes to her and she tells i believe it's just like there's something else out there She's trying to convince everyone that the Thunderbird, she saw the Thunderbird. Yeah. She still thinks it's um, a sign of something else, but it is uh, bigger than the lion. Yeah. She's She knows and that it's bigger than the lion. He seems, I think, to imagine she's just being like a, a little surly about her failure with, with the lion and sort of uh, walks away. Mm -hmm. And then it's the next morning. All the women start walking out towards where she was collecting the the plants and herbs and flowers the other day. And she said she we see her just decide and herself, you know what? Nope, not going to do that. And she goes the opposite direction into the wilderness to track down what she knows to be out there on her own. And then we get we get a scene of a rabbit uh, looking all cute in the grass. Yeah, and we know and uh, the, food, the, the food chain sorry, in rabbit. action. The food chain in action. <laughs> we see the wolf squaring off towards the rabbit, like doing that little like preparing to get it thing. And we mm -hmm. see our first thermal vision shot. Oh, yes. Then yes. we see all of a sudden thermal vision, which we're like, okay, fuck yeah, here's the predator. He's here. Seeing the rabbit, registering it as not a threat. Seeing the wolf, registering it as a predator. And locking in on that. So, yeah, then the wolf charges at the rabbit, but we see it. It, I think it does get the rabbit, which once again, I was like, oh, sorry, rabbit. You still got got. <laughs> and as he gets it, he's like knocked completely sideways, very forcefully. And then they have a standoff. Mm -hmm. And the wolf gets a bite in. Wolf gets a bite the in. Wolf gets a bite in, gets some of that neon green blood on its teeth. Love it. And... The predator at this point is mostly invisible. It does have the cloaking device, but when he bite when the wolf bites him, we get a little glimpse of the visible leg, mm -hmm. and then I think the shield, the cloak comes back up. Mm -hmm. Then the wolf, it's like going to charge again. They're doing another little standoff, and it runs at him and runs past him, and we hear a sound like a slicing sound. But the wolf keeps running like it's about to turn around to try again. And then all of its guts fall out of its belly and he yep. has been sliced and he collapses and he dies and we get another spine rip. <laughs> we get a spine rip. <laughs> this spine rip, I think, was the gnarliest. Yeah, this is a good one. This is a real, real clear cut spine rip. Um, oh, I don't like the spine rips. I love them. I loved it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh. And do we get... <laughs> predator going back to his lair its lair mm -hmm. and we see it using its acid right mist to clean off that skull get a little skull trophy predator loves, yeah, he loves his trophies. skull trophies mm -hmm. and we see 
the predator from its lair turn, it hears Naru's dog barking. Mm. And mm. so it does a little like, oh, something else is out here. We see Naru now tying a rope to her axe and making this awesome little boomerang axe weapon again so practicing good at it. Oh my God. throwing it now she can throw it without having to retrieve it so she can continually be fighting and like saves time it looks so badass it's so cool she, like throws it pulls it back and grabs it in her hand like catches it back in her hand instantly and it's like throw catch throw catch throw catch it's so cool and she's again just out hunting for whatever she has seen the tracks of. She finds a track and uses a stick to measure how long it. She like puts a stick down and breaks the stick for the length, and it's absolutely massive. Like not at all a bear. Even it's huge. So she's on. She is on the right path here. And she stumbles upon a herd of bison. Mm -hmm. that have all been skinned mm, it's so upsetting there's so many they've all been skinned and she sees they're in tra metal traps like the yeah. one she found that got um her dog's tail and she finds a bullet casing on the ground mm -hmm. um and she like puts a, a a one of her plants something on on the head of the bison clearly a sign of like respect yeah puts her hand on its head does a little like you know says a little I don't know, blessing or, or something for this bison. These moments were so impactful. I felt so like, beautiful. yeah, like you were saying earlier, Henley, it like made me want to be vegetarian. I was like, nature is so incredible. <laughs> like I want to respect <laughs> everything, every living creature. Yeah. She's very affected by this and, and is upset at it. Well, it's, it's, it's also really, and the shot is really crazy because it's a wide shot and you see the entire field and you just see All there are bodies. so Ugh. many bodies of the bison spread as far as you can see. Yeah. Yeah. They've just been decimated, the entire herd. Which is a really cool moment as viewer of going, oh shit, there is another enemy out here. Because you're thinking, we're just looking for the predator. Then this happens and you go, uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's white people, the worst enemy of all. I So I had a different thought process, which w mm. was, well, I think... I think you're maybe meant to be a little tricked by it by like why is Predator doing this? Yeah, yes, at because first I was like, why does he skin skinned... some people and not others? That's that that confused me. Well, I was confused by the bullet case because I was like, that's not a Predator weapon, right? Yeah, and then I was like, I think oh. it's yeah meant to be a little like, hmm, what's going on here? Type thing because yeah. yeah, I was yeah. confused because Predator doesn't kill just for fun. It seems Predator would take would have taken those skulls, baby. There wouldn't be no heads on there. There would be no heads on there. Yeah, he wants to decorate his lair with the skulls. Who can blame him? We've also seen Predator recognize the threats, right? Like Predator didn't yes. kill the rabbit. Predator killed the wolf. Predator, like so, it wouldn't make sense for Predator to kill these bison. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it is mm -hmm. a bit like Predator does skin people, so you know. Uh, yeah, a little, co a little confusing, intentionally like confusing. Yeah. I believe. Yes, and then Naru continues on her tracking and she falls into like a bog yeah a quick sandy like mud type Just stuff deep thick oh mud. i hated Oof. this scary honestly Very this stressful. was weirdly this was weirdly like my the scariest part of the movie to it me like bad. i had to i had to fast forward through some of this just watching her slowly sink into this bog no yeah, no no thank no. you didn't like it one bit but she is able to get herself out by using her nifty 
axe with the rope on it and getting it into a tree. There's like an overturned tree with all the roots up that she throws her hatchet at a couple times and it's really scary. Is it going to work? Is it going to work? Does, pulls herself out. In the process, gets completely covered head to toe in mud. And I'm thinking, okay, we know uh, how go. mud we works. Go. We've seen the mud. Yeah, because that's in the in the original Predator. Yeah, that they use yes. mud to to hide from the heat sensor. Arnold, that's Arnold's big discovery at the end. Is that when he gets accidentally covered in mud, the Predator can't see him because it it yep. makes his body temperature too cold. Cut to a shot. She's rinsed all the mud off. She's in the water, rinsing all that mud off, and I'm like, excuse me. Mud is helpful here, um, but rinses that mud off. She rinses it off. Yep. But in doing so, in that water, she realizes, discovers there's a bear there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she squares up and prepares to try to take down this bear. And the dog, sorry, r- like runs at the bear. The bear turns to focus on them. So now, uh oh, the bear's coming. She gets ready to shoot an arrow at the bear, but her bow breaks. So then she's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And she's restringing her bow. The bear is coming. Her dog runs away to get the bear to run towards the dog. Bear starts chasing the dog. Dog starts running back towards them. And so now she's squaring up, trying to shoot an arrow at the bear. Shoots the bear with an arrow. But of course, one arrow is not going to take down a big fucking grizzly bear. So she starts having to run away. Jumps in the water and like gets under this like beaver dam, basically like mm-hmm. this like bundle of of sticks that she's able to sort of get under. But the bear is coming for her, breaking through those sticks, chomping at her. It, you see a lot of bear teeth. It's so close, and then the bear collapses next to her, dead. And she's totally freaked out. Like, what the fuck just happened? So shocked. We see the bear get dragged. It's limp body dragged, oh, plopped it's down. It's so crazy to see a bear's limp body dragged. And then by an invisible cloaked figure, that bear gets lifted up in the air. And because that bear's blood is now pooling down from its sliced body, the blood forms the shape of the predator and I love so actually the predator it was for the so first smart time. it's so it cool so smart. it's so cool and so now yeah. she's like okay uh, yep there's something here and it's this and oh my god uh completely terrified and she runs right she runs she gets gets the fuck out of there and runs into another group of hunters that want to take her home like you've been out here we've been looking for you yep it's uh yeah it's comanche uh hunter it's and she knows them i think it's some of the same hunters from before mm-hmm. um and yeah so she runs runs into them and she's like what are you doing here and they're like we're here for you and she says i saw like i knew there was something out here i just saw it and they're like yeah there's a bear and she's like no no, no it killed a bear like you don't understand and they they then none of them take her seriously and they are mm-hmm. like You're, look how scared you are uh they bind her hands she gets in a mm-hmm. fist fight with one she of gets them. In a fi- yeah, because she's like, they're trying to bring her back. And she's like, no, no, you don't understand. There's something out here. We need to fucking get it. They're not taking her seriously. So she, they try to like grab her. She fights back, gets in a fucking gnarly fist fight with one of them. She's has the upper hand. She is punching him. She bites him, makes him bleed. But he uh, eventually does 
Well, one of the other guys, it's because they gang up and one of the other guys grabs her and throws her into a punch in some very fun fight choreography. And that and knocks her out. That really knocks her out. Up. Yeah. And so they, yeah. and then she comes to you and they have bound her wrists because, you know, she was biting them and fighting them and they don't, they think they just need to bring her home. And as they are making their way, that she hears the predator sound. Mm-hmm. Turns wide-eyed, absolutely terrified. Untimey. Untimey, untimey. It's here. They are like, look how scared you are. Oh my gosh. What like look at you, you wuss. Or that's not what they say, but you know, that's the vibe. Uh <laughs> and then they see a bunch of opossums cross their path. And so they're like, oh, that was the noise. Haha. Ha. It's a bunch of opossums, like no big deal. And she says, What do you think made them? come over here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them shoots one of the possums with an arrow gets it and is like ha ha got it goes out to pick up the possum and we see those predator I think we do see we see more thermal vision we see the predator seeing all of them and locking eyes as it does or, or you know focusing on their weapons you know predator is always very aware of who has a weapon and who doesn't yep so he registers the Comanche boys as a threat. Mm-hmm. And as this ma- main guy is like basically mocking uh, Naru and, and laughing at like, oh, look, I got the possum. We see the predator lasers, three beams, pew, 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 lock on his body. He sort of sees them. They are all seeing red laser dots on him. Obviously, I've never seen this before. So all the boys are like, what? What's this? What's going on? And then pew, 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 three uh, predator arrows, arrows. predator type arrows shoot. Ooh, it's gnarly. One goes straight through his eyeball. One goes. They go places and it's bad. And I think he's dead. (laughs) Yep, he's dead. He's dead. And then it's on. They they start firing back, trying to find where the, the predator is. Predator starts. This part is so this is when I was like, oh, my God, this movie is going to be so gnarly. The <laughs> violence here is that here we get the what I found to be the most difficult to watch moment. Meanwhile, uh, Naru knows who this is and what's going on and is trying to untie her by, you know, wrist mm-hmm. bind mm-hmm. realizes that uh, the guy who is dead on the ground now has her hatchet weapon so she like goes over to that like has to sort of tumble over stay low like slices her uh wrist rope on that grabs it meanwhile predator is in an all-out fight with these other comanche boys and then yeah goes up up to this this one boy slices his arm off you know i hate it you know i hate it very much and what i really hate is then he's just like screaming in pain for like a a minute both of his both his oh, arms. then he decides the other one. I don't know. He's just really in pain. Uh, mm. And before Predator ultimately gets him, fucking, I think through the the neck and the head and kills him. But they, I mean, they are all getting wasted by yeah. the Predator. And I believe it comes down to just Naru and Naru. one other. And yeah, and and she maybe is gonna try to use her weapon on the predator and decides nope i'm gonna fucking run she runs for it she runs out (laughs) of the tree line through some tall grasses and is pulled down to the ground by yeah one of the other comanche boys who got away and they're like stay low stay low 
They hear some rustling, meaning that the predator has come out of the trees as well and is following them. And so he, uh, the Comanche boy, like preps his bow, has his arrow pointed in that direction. And he says to Naru, we got him. And she looks at him and sees three red laser points on his head and goes, nope, he's got us. Drags the boy down. They make a run for it. They keep running. We see this fucking cool shot of from above through the grasses, the two of them running through the grasses and then just a trail being like plowed through the grass behind them. But the so predator much is faster cloaked, than him. So we can't see yeah, him. We so just see the grass is falling. But yeah, he is absolutely gaining on them. And we just see from above. We see the Comanche boy just like fucking explode. Basically, I don't know remember oh what he does God. to him, but it just goes like poof. Yeah, basically, he just goes down and it just is a fountain of blood and it sticks a bit on on Predator. Yep. On the invisible cloak. And but I don't think it stays on it for too long. It just looks really cool and gnarly. It's fucking cool. Nider gets away. Oh, but in running away, gets her leg caught in a trap. Um, the, One of those same iron traps. Predator does come up to her. And because I think she has maybe dropped her weapon and her leg is in a trap, he scans her and he does it. He leaves her. Yeah, she's not. She is not, not a threat. Not interested. And then she gets knocked out and wakes up captive by some French fur trappers. They've French got a little fur trappers. little encampment set up. They're extremely French. <laughs> oh, by the way, at the beginning <laughs> yep, we got yep. we got a car at the beginning. It lets us know the year is 1719, I believe. We've been told this. Early 1700s, um, just for yes. context. Anyway, but yes, these are yep. some very, 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 very Frenchmen. They sort of look like all the dudes in the um, Pirates of the Caribbean ride. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like that kind of like mustached and uh, yes. I don't know, that that vibe. And yeah, they have got her captured. And I believe she also sees they have her brother. Yeah. And one of them speaks to her he's the translator or something he speaks a lot of languages so he's able to communicate with her and he asks he tells her that she should help them that he has seen it too whatever he's being a little kinder to her than the rest of them yes yeah she's in a literal cage she's in a literal cage cage. the rest of them are a little like rapey yeah and sort of like one of the guys is like she I think is able to like slice. She cuts one of them them because he's like sticking his hand in her cave. It's really a very unpleasant situation. Um, And so they're all awful. uh, But this one translator seems a a little kinder. Slightly better than the rest. rest. And it's like, yeah, you should you should be helping us. Um, And I believe as punishment to her for her cutting this one guy, he they takes her brother out of his cage and she sees they have him and he just slow slices him across his chest, not killing him. Oh, I didn't like but this part just either. cutting yeah. him and making him bleed and suffer. I got to also say Dakota Beavers, who plays Ugh. Tabe, loved him. So, so good. Absolutely loved him. Good. I think this is one of the first things that he's done. Oh my gosh, he was so good. I loved him. I want to see him in more things. Hopefully he will be. Both of them are yeah, so good. And they had great. I really liked their sibling dynamic. I thought they had great chemistry together. Uh, it was, yeah, it was great. But so that I think we basically cut to they are both tied back to back around the trunk of a big tree. They are being put out as bait for Predator because the fur choppers have obviously realized that there is something out here and is using the two of them as bait to lure the Predator towards them. And I believe she so. uh 
uh, Naru and, and Tabe are, are talking and she's saying, I saw it. I, I know what this thing is. Oh, he says a really sweet thing to her where he says, your Kutumiya, your plan worked. I, like the only reason I was able to get the lion is because you wore it out with the tree. It, it was a good plan, which mm-hmm. is very sweet. Yeah. He says like, you always see the things I don't. You see the things I don't. Oh, it's a very sweet moment. It's really good. Um, And she says to him, this isn't how that like the, the the whatever this is it left me and it didn't kill me earlier this isn't it doesn't want bait this isn't how it hunts yep um so mm-hmm. she's realizing this this is not going to work and that and that also that they are probably safe actually and safer than everybody else in this moment yep. because they do start to hear it come and they know okay it's coming and then we get oh my god sammy do you want to describe this sequence it's so <laughs> fucking cool well, obviously, the yeah predator does not fall for this trap. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we see um, it's like in the fog and in like very early morning, perhaps I believe it is very early morning. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's like this little, this dim, like misty light, and we see they're all like we see all the fur trappers in this like formation. They've got an exterior with their guns pointed, and we see some men on horses ready to go and. We just see these two, these two guys sitting in wait for the predator. And then and there were th- previously a few men behind them on horses. And these the fir- the guys in front just see all of a sudden the horses running off with nobody on them. <laughs> and they turn around and I believe they go merde, which is French for shit. Yeah. And yep. they get destroyed. So we see the predator is like, I see you. He's picking them off from the outside in. Uh, he can see everybody in thermal vision. Yeah. There's a few that are laying on a little overlook. Stabs them, kills them. Mm-hmm. They're done. He's just picking them off one by one. And yeah, we just get like a display of all the gnarliest fucking weapons that Predator Yeah, we're really has. seeing Predator's tech in this moment. And I don't, I mean, I don't know the order. It, it, the Okay, so let's just describe the moments in this one is he has this shield thing that like expands and contra- mm-hmm. like fans out in a big circle. And I think he like holds that up to somebody and it fans out and chops his head off. Oh, you know what? There's a scene. It's it. It looks as if they might best him at one moment. He <gasps> yes. steps into a trap and then falls into another trap. And then they put a net over him. And it kind of looks like, oh, they got they got Which, predator. This happens in the original predator, too. They get predator and trap. And then he just uses a fucking laser to shoot himself out of it because yeah. he's goddamn predator. And yeah, it's like, OK, cool. You got me for one second. Yep. Same thing happens here. He bursts out of that net and he just starts absolutely murdering all of them and my favorite (laughs) was he has a little net that shoots out of his uh, somewhere and it goes on this man and how do I even describe it it just like closes it shrinks it like wraps this man in this net in a way that chops him up to literally like a million tiny little pieces it's so like gross. Um, so have you ever gross. seen those so like gross. there's like a stress ball thing that's like a ball inside a net and you squeeze it and the like ball yes. like pushes out between the little hole and it's like oh, that but like it. it's his like whole it. like body it. going just like whole body we rewound this scene i think three times our jaws <laughs> on the floor just screaming it's amazing Got it rules. And while this is all happening, we see Naru and Tabe like trying to break free and, you know, using this moment to to escape. Yes. And Naru is telling um, 
uh, a story of she's like, remember when there's that big flood? I saw this beaver. Oh, because she is she sees a trap on the ground. Again, one of those traps. Um, she knows how they work now. And she's like, I saw a beaver once in that flood, realizing the water was coming too fast and he was stuck. And I watched him uh, chew his own leg off because it, he knew that was the only way he was going to get out. And it's it's like crazy what you'll be willing to do to get yourself out of a situation. She's lowering uh, her arm, which is, you know, tied to the tree to that trap. And I'm thinking, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, she's going <laughs> to fuck up her arm in this trap. And then she just puts the rope in and activates the trap and it it breaks the binding. And she goes, I'm smarter than a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> and I really liked it. Um, and so, yeah, they get free. And her brother is like, I need, I'm going to go get one of those horses. So he goes to get a horse. She goes back to the uh, Frenchman's camp. She, fi- yeah, her dog is there. And there are still f- French fur, t- fur trappers yes. there that she has, she has to, to fight. fight them. And she has her... She finds her axe. She gets like a night. I mean, this scene is very intricately choreographed. And this is in a continuous take where she is killing these guys left and right. It's a really cool sequence. And then, yeah, she gets she gets her dog back. She gets her axe back. She gets all of her stuff. And she finds the one guy who is a little bit kinder to her than the others. He comes up to her and we see that his leg is gone. <laughs> he is missing the leg. And he asks her for her medicine, her help with medicine, and he'll exchange that for his gun. So I'll give you this if you help me with this. She agrees. He shows her this is where you put the powder in and you pull this back and you shoot. And she applies the or gives him the orange flower thing and he immediately he eats it and is like, what's happening? I'm, I'm so cold. But she doesn't have time to explain it because then we hear Predator coming. This Frenchman immediately plays dead, which was smart. Um, she runs and hides behind a tree. And yes, Predator comes in, surveys the area. And we see in thermal vision, he doesn't see this Frenchman as as being alive. Um, and mm-hmm. Nadu sees this too and is like, oh shit, he doesn't see him. And and like we see her look at the flower and make the connection that um just like in the original Predator, where the mud made Arnold invisible, she realizes this flower is going to make people makes people uh safe from the Predator's vision. Predator's about to leave the French guy alone and and then he steps on him and he screams out in pain and Predator stabs him right through that chest, kills him. Yeah. I just need you guys to know it's at this point in the movie that I'm really getting in my head about what I would do if I ever needed to survive in the wilderness. Like, really thinking hard Mm -hmm. about it. And I was zillowing <laughs> land in New Hampshire. Okay, wow, really going to put it to the test. To see how much it would cost. Not expensive. You know, we can we can buy some land in New Hampshire. Then I was what, Googling. What, to like practice or just to have? Uh, no, just like in case our society falls apart. If our society like, falls apart, I don't want to be in New Hampshire. I'll just put that out there. <laughs> I don't want to be in L.A. Well, 
what if climate change is an issue and things are heating up, you That's know, true. and we want to, we want to have access to water. We don't want things to be too hot. We, and, you know, of course, land rights aren't going to matter if society really falls apart, but nonetheless, we could get ahead of it by buying some of this land. We could clear it. I Googled how much it costs. Not too expensive. Not too expensive. <laughs> this to is clear, great to know. Clear the woods. Henley, it sounds like you've been spending some time on that subreddit collapse. <laughs> I, in my, I have not actually looked at that subreddit Maybe don't. and I wish you hadn't told me, but, um, I, <laughs> did hear someone casually mention that uh, people are buying up like water rights because like oh people boy. are worried about access to water. So that also made me spiral a little bit. So watching this I remember film, actually in the big short. Michael Bear. It's Michael Berry. Yes. That's the guy. Oh, it is? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I remember that and being like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Water is going to be the next oh, thing. Oh, no. He always knows. <laughs> I know. Fuck. Well, or maybe he only knew that one time. He might have time. only known the one time. <laughs> he is worried about water. <laughs> and that made me That's worried worry. about water. I just got so thirsty. <laughs> so that, anyway, that's just where my head is cool, right very now. Very cool. Very cool. But let's get back to what Predator's up to. So Predator's here <laughs> and <laughs> Naru's behind a tree and kind of waiting it out. And then Sari arrives barking and Predator is gearing up to kill Sari and he's about to shoot him and then Tabe arrives back with the on horseback and Ooh, it's fucking cool stabs predator like mm -hmm. right through the neck yep. looks like a mm -hmm. really good like he throws a yeah like spear, spear from the horseback which is just i love watching somebody fucking hunt on horseback really well it's something really satisfying about the skill of that yeah. uh and yeah and he's also he's like circling around the camp on horseback so a predator can't really That's get at cool. him and he's yeah. just moving really quickly and he's clearly so very skilled but does eventually oh he jumps off the horse at some point he knocks predator's mask off predator has this skull looking mm -hmm. mask that is also where the lasers shoot from and predator picks up the mask and puts it back on and then turns invisible and Tabe yells out at this moment in Comanche, but I guess what he is saying is cheater. I just like. Oh, I like that. <laughs> basically, he he is occupying Predator's attention. Basically, over uh, Naru and and has a moment where he says to her, "I think he says again, like you can see what I can't. This is your kutamia. Like you you will take it down, but this is as far as I go." Yeah, that's been that has been a recurring line that he says, this is what you say to the lion when you kill it is say like, this is the end for you. This is as far as you go. And, mm. and he says it to her and I cry. And yeah, the predator, <laughs> predator stabs him. She watches it happen. She sobs, but does manage to get away because of her brother's sacrifice. Yep. Um, and so she she gets away. But her brother dies and it is very sad. And I was mm. not happy about it. I know. I was hoping I was hoping he wouldn't not die. Not happy about it. And we see intercut then her mourning the death of her brother and someone coming back to um, their home and telling basically telling uh, their mother that he has died and her mourning it. And it's very sad. <laughs> Um, but I believe at this point we get ready for our final showdown. Um, so now mm -hmm. she's she knows how to arm herself against she we see her eat 
the orange flower. So she, as she's like preparing, sees the French, uh, one of the Frenchmen on mm. uh, at the river. I think it's the one. I think it's the one that's creepy to her, mm-hmm. and the one that cut her brother. Yep. Yes, yes, so, yes, yeah, yes. She goes up to him and knocks him out, and he wakes up missing a leg with a fucking yep. rat gnawing at the stump. It's so gross. It's so gross. And she's at like putting on her war paint. She is mm-hmm. on a fucking mission and she's saying all this cool shit to him. Like she goes, you made my brother bleed. So I make I'll make you bleed. I'll make you bleed. And like you, you don't register as me as a threat. Same as him. And that's like what makes me more dangerous. You don't even know I'm killing you right now. And neither will it meaning the predator because she has eaten the flowers and so sure enough predator walks fucking right oh, past her because she leaves sorry she leaves a shotgun he le- she leaves his shotgun yes. on the ground next to him and so he gets the shotgun yes. so it looks like he's it looks like he's trying to kill her and we see him the fur trapper go to shoot her there are no fucking bullets in the thing because she learned how the gun works because the other frenchman mm-hmm. gave her the gun and explained it to her and he goes to shoot her Nothing comes out, but the predator has now, yep, can't see her because she ate the orange flower, sees the fur trapper with the gun and goes for him. It's such a cool shot. She senses the predator in a way with because he's invisible at this point and she feels him coming and just takes like one small step sideways out of his way. So mm-hmm. she he doesn't bump into her. It's such a cool moment. And yeah, he he kills this French man. <laughs> Sure does. And then she is right behind him. He can't see her. And she has the gun now. And she shoots him right in the back of the head, knocking mm-hmm. his mask off. And she is able to retrieve it. And she bolts. She gets out yeah, of there. So that's part of her plan. She takes the mask, runs. We see Predator now knows that there's someone there that he can't see, that it can't see. Um, but mm-hmm. still doesn't totally know where she is. But she runs, takes the mask, lodges it. Um, in a very specific spot in those uprooted tree roots that we saw earlier by the mud pit, puts just puts it there. I guess he can see his mask. He knows that she has it, and so he's trying to get to it. Yeah, and this like sequence of fights here are so cool. She fights it a few times. Like fights. There's a few little chapters to this fight. Yeah, she's like running around it, and there's a point at which he tries to punch her and punches into a tree gets his hand stuck and somehow <gasps> she's like coming at him and he uses his shield right, right. to try to block her and he cuts right. his own, own arm, arm off, off. He's it's so, so smart, fucking so cool smart. and he's pissed and he's coming for her again and there's a part in which she back she gets backed up into these rocks and he has his shield again it's like this round metal and he's trying to use it to decapitate her but it gets stuck between these rocks and he's trying he's able to push it literally through the rock but just very slowly and so it's getting closer and closer to her and am i mistaken does she pull out one of his teeth and stab him she with it pulls off his like one of his mandibles remember how much we talked about mandibles oh, she like grabs one of his little hang off mandibles uh with the big saber tooth on it and yeah stabs him with his own tooth which he roars and and mm-hmm. gets up she's able to get away and she lures him into the same bog mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. goes down and i mean he's missing an arm and she's she's hit him a lot with the axe like it's seeming like no part of it was part of his mandible <laughs> 
and he sinks down it out of sight and we're you know wondering is he is he dead what's gonna happen and he rises up so slowly like in the descent one of my favorite shots in the descent where she comes out of the blood it's the same kind of thing where it's just like really slowly he comes up and he gets out and he's coming towards her and she's giving that freaking oh, speech again. She's laying her. It's a perfect mirroring of, of Predator where she's like against the tree roots, just like when Arnold is has his back to that tree and he's covered in mud. And she says, do it. Come on, do it. Which is, which is, you know, if you can recall, do it, do it, I'm here. Do it, kill me, I'm here. <laughs> um, so it's sort of like that. <laughs> and she tells him this is as far as you go. Oh. And we see him activate mm -hmm. his own helmet, but because she's got it behind her on the tree roots, it laser focuses on him and pew, 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 he kills himself with his own weapon. She did it. Dead. She did it, folks. Dead. She did it. She was so She sees smart. what they don't see. And this is where she yells in triumph and it's a very emotional moment. I could cry just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Does like the war, the war cry. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. returns back to the village carrying his decapitated head. She is covered in his blood now, same as how Tabe was covered in the mountain lion's blood, except Predator's blood Bright is neon green, glowing baby. green. Mm -hmm. Originally, I, oh, I should have asked, should have asked Dan if this is the case because in the original Predator, the green blood was a mix of glow stick fluid and KY mm. lube. And I, is that what they use this time? Oh I'll yeah. Never what know. did they make it out of? Um, Damn it. Dan, I'll we just, tell, we just tell us <laughs> what, what it was. <laughs> yeah. And she is given the same honor and named a war chief as well. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. It's just this triumphant. Mm. And, but in the end credits, there's like a little bit of a, teaser perhaps of what might be to come at the very end the, the credits are these animated these hide paintings and the very last one we see is of we see some uh comanche people on on a cliff or something and the clouds parting up ahead and three ships coming down mm -hmm. <laughs> You guys, it was so good. You did such a good job it retelling so it. so good. I want to see Amber Midthunder in everything now. She was so good. I loved her. So powerful. And she like, yeah, for how there's, a, yeah, very little dialogue and, and very, it's just very, she mm -hmm. has to convey a lot with a little and she really does. And um, man, it's so cool. It's such, it's like a fucking fun, gnarly action movie. Like you want Predator to be. Um, and it also is really emotional and like a, a very powerful story and uh, represents represents a, a group of people who are so rarely shown on screen, certainly as the protagonists and in a way like they are in this movie. And it just feels it was just real. It's really cool. It's a, such a very cool direction to take this franchise. And I, you know, I, I so I've only seen Predator and this. Um, so for me, it's a perfect franchise. I think I've seen all of them. Wait, what? You've seen all seven? I think so. I I I, I kind of like them all. I mean, they're like they get they're certainly bad, but the Alien versus Predator ones I feel like are like fun That'd enough. Be fun. That Joel thinks Predators is fun as well. Whichever one that 
is. I don't know. I haven't seen. Actually, you know what? I haven't seen Predator 2. I've seen Predators. Okay. And I've seen both of the Alien vs. Versus Predators. Mm. Some great spine rips in those ones. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not here for the spine rips, I gotta um, say. Wow. It just, it really, yeah, it's... It's such a good movie. I really loved watching it. I will watch it again. You all should watch it. It's on Hulu. Um, and yeah, freaking stay tuned because you're about to hear some really cool information about it um, and about the making of it and just about film making from Dan Trachtenberg. And it was such a goddamn delight to talk to him. And I'm still absolutely. We all come home after a long day of work. And what's the first thing we do? We take off our bras because they are uncomfortable and constricting and we're just ready to get out of them by the end of the day. Well, what if I told you that Skims has changed all that? Skims has done the impossible and created an underwire bra that I actually forget that I'm wearing. I didn't think anybody could do it. You guys obviously know how much I love Skims. I have tried many of their other products. I've never been disappointed, but I, yeah, just don't normally love an underwire bra. I prefer a bralette, but I've loved everything else I've gotten so much that I thought, you know what? Why not try an underwire bra from Skims? Let's just see. And they did it. They did it, folks. They created my favorite underwire bra I've ever worn. I have the weightless scoop bra. It has this nice, like, mesh material that's supportive and comfortable, breathable, but still very sexy. And yeah, like I said, I, I do genuinely forget that I'm wearing it. And that is very rare. I, you know, I'm a broken record over here. I love skims. I love skims. I'm sorry. That's just the, the cold hard truth. I will shout it from the rooftops because I want everybody to know. I want everybody to share in my joy and my comfort. So shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order, select podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Buzzing over it. And here it is, you guys, our interview with Dan Trachtenberg. Dan, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you guys. I'm a fan. Wow. Um, I've listened to a few of these. And specifically, I think the first thing I heard was with Jack Wade. The, uh, oh, the Sean of the Dead. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, he was so great. Love Jack. He is great. Yeah. He came, he came to the premiere of, the, of this. Oh, of awesome. And uh, was very sweet about it. Yeah. He's great. He's a very sweet person. Mm-hmm. It's a very sweet person. Well, we are big fans as well. Just got to say 10 Cloverfield Lane is like one of my favorite movies ever. Love it. So I heard that episode. The feeling is mutual. Yes, we are also big fans. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) And loved this movie. This movie was so Prey was so good. As someone who doesn't watch a lot of horror, even like action thriller movies, I loved every a second of it. I had such a good time. Right. I can't wait to talk to you about it. Well, maybe if you had seen other action horror movies, it it would have would not have been as good. So I'm <laughs> no. Um, no. no, no, no. 
<laughs> We've seen them. We like them. What's have you guys done Predator? Yet we have we just did we it pretty did. recently. Yep, I love Predator. So Emily, you watched and you described, or I watched mm-hmm. and I described. Okay. Uh, it was mm-hmm. not my first time seeing it. I, I've seen okay. it before. I love Predator. It's actually, but what's interesting is also my my boyfriend loves Predator, mm. but I it I have not seen. I've only seen Predator and Prey. I have seen none of the other franchise mm. movies, mm. Um, which I from what I hear is basically the way to go. Um, but I. It's yeah. So I feel like it's an interesting perspective going in because I feel like people are either. I mean, it's such when we'll get into it. It's such a it's fucking predator. Like it's like it's it's iconic. Iconic. It is a whole. Mm -hmm. It carries so much weight. And so I'm sure in doing it, like people have a lot of thoughts. People have a lot of feelings about predator. Um, I guess. Okay, getting ahead of ourselves. I do want to know, first off, how you feel about scary movies in general, just for the purposes of our podcast. Like what your history with horror film is when you when you got into it. What are some of your favorites? Why? In my mind, I went into therapy when I was a kid because of Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) I later learned there was other families. Makes sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) There might have been some other stuff to deal with. (laughs) I I later learned there were other reasons. Um, But in my mind, I had seen only the commercials for it um, and was truly, truly terrified. And then I eventually saw either the first one or the third one. The third one's a great um, uh, Dream Warriors is a great. Is that the one where he rides a broomstick? I don't know what Freddie Ray rides. No, a I think that's one of the later ones. I think I think that I think that's when it starts getting like pretty <laughs> I weird. I just heard about this <laughs> this one where he rides the broomstick. No, the that third I'm... one. The third one is there's like a kid who's the dungeon master. D and D were like was like never in movies, so that was like a fun thing. Um, oh, great, great. But, I remember seeing it for the first time and going, oh, it's funny. Right. And, and yes. that made it finally yes. seeing it made it way less scary. Yes. Which is interesting yeah. for the premise of your show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then having my imagination run wild. And the the before having done that, because I wasn't allowed to see our, our rated movies as a kid, I always just wanted to be like near them by proximity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first audio cassette I'd ever um, purchased were two soundtracks. It was Rambo three and and Nightmare on Elm Street part four. Um, oh, so wow. I would Whoa. listen to that score all the time and um, would freak myself out. Um, <laughs> and it was put at ease when I finally saw it. But I I loved I loved horror movies because they were like the ultimate R rated thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they were yeah. the ultimate test for like, mm-hmm. oh my god, could I survive this viewing mm. of a movie? I think the scariest movies in my mind growing up were it. Um, yes. The miniseries. Did you guys do that one? The miniseries with Tim Curry. Is that you know, Tim, Tim Curry, Curry is? Yeah, yeah no, yeah, we've yeah. just done the, the newer movies. I saw a trailer of that in like high school and it ruined yeah. my life. Like yeah. I was like 17 <laughs> years old and yeah. I couldn't sleep. Well, there was there was there's a part in that where a pick a photograph winks at someone. <laughs> oh, and no. I remember me and my friend Alan Goinkman, like we were we were a sleepover. We both threw our covers up and like his blanket landed on me. My blanket landed on me. <laughs> and then I remember having to we had to go to the bathroom and he, he I made him stand guard while I went to the bathroom. <laughs> And then he made me and I was so freaked out that I just ran back to the bed. Like I couldn't stand in the darkness. Oh, I love it. Everyone has a sleepover story. I feel yeah. like that's that's mm-hmm. where oh, that's the horror movie experience starts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then Candyman was the next. Uh, oh, my God. To yeah. This day, those are the two scariest movies for the in my memory. Yeah. The bees. Yeah. 
And just the idea that you could say a name a few times and conjure something Ooh, right really in front scary. of you. No, thank you. I, Don't tempt I for me. me that- I, yeah, I always feel like when someone tells me, I'm like, I'm going to accidentally say it. Like, it, like, it feels like that becomes, it gets like outside of your control, even though you could just literally shut up. But it's like, I, no, it, what if it just happens to me and I say it? Did you guys experience the bloody mare? Like, was that a thing for sleepovers? Oh, my God. Like, yep. like, yeah. Always. I would never do. I would never do it. Yeah. Even the idea of standing in a bathroom with the lights off, looking in a mirror. Yeah. Any that's I won't do that now. I, I will not go into a bathroom and not turn the light on. Can't do it. I feel like everyone had a story of at this sleepover. Like, like it happened Jane for real said bloody man. and then she had a cut on her finger yep. and, oh, yeah. yeah 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 well yeah. sammy you should say what happened to you when you watched the exor exorcist that was at a sleepover right um it was at a friend's house yes and we were watching it and one of the windows exploded in the house <laughs> mid movie i can't even believe that. it like it was just like a loud crack and because it was so windy or what Literally, I don't well, demon. know. It was it was a demon. <laughs> wow. It was yeah, Pazuzu. <laughs> um, and we were so scared. We obviously immediately turned it off and we're like, well, demons are here. So I guess we'll just panic and freak out for the whole rest of the night in silence. And we years later tried to watch it again. And another window broke while we were watching it no. in the bathroom, a different no. mirror, a different window. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Oh, that's weird. Isn't that horrifying? So I was very scared of The Exorcist specifically for a long time. I only watched it in its entirety for this podcast because I was I just assumed that a window would break. It, yeah, it was cursed for me. But I have now watched it fully and nothing bad happened nothing that broke. time. Okay. Yeah. So interesting. Mm -hmm, but wow. Pretty scary. Yeah, that's so weird. That's like Occam that like it, I think that means that it's more likely that there is a demon than it right, is to be Occam's coincidence. Razor, like, what, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does, yeah, it's more, that is probably what it is. Yeah. Well, at least it wasn't your house. It wasn't my house. Right. Phew. It's your friend. Is she okay? Your friend? She's okay. okay. Yes. She's, she's still okay. with us? Okay, good. She's still with us. <laughs> yeah. Luckily. Um, it'd be a much less fun story if she were not. That's true. That's true. I don't think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. hopefully, you would be telling it and giggling while, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. was killed by a demon, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, later. <laughs> <laughs> but we still don't know. I mean, we just don't know. Like, but maybe it could have been different. Could have been yeah. different. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk. Let's talk about prey. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what? Going back to how massive Predator is, I'm curious how you got to being the the person who brings a new Predator sequel prequel in this mm -hmm. case. And what was that? What did that feel like? Being like, okay, I have to direct a thing that people have a lot of thoughts about. Well, interestingly, um, to tie it back to what we were just speaking of, I was in third grade when, or no, 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 I thought I've been saying this the entire, pre I just realized, no, I was in first grade. <gasps> younger. Wow, you've been aging yourself. I have. <laughs> I was in first grade when Predator came out and I was not, not allowed to see it because it was rated R. And yeah. I, w I remember being me in a carpool on the way to a karate tournament and all of the sixth graders had just seen it um <gasps> who were also in like karate class with me and they described the entire movie to me on the way to the tournament and i distinctly remembered one of them saying there's an awesome scene where billy the native american tracker has a fight with a predator on a bridge over the over a waterfall and then I eventually saw the movie and that scene is not in the movie. It's just alluded nope. to, you know? Yep. Um, mm. 
So, and I always like wanted to see that scene. So that was sort of the first seed of, of this. And then I um, recently, uh, I think after seeing Mad Max Fury Road, I was very excited about the idea of making a movie that could be primarily told through action, that had mm-hmm. as, as little dialogue as possible and was a, a very visceral experience. But I, I wanted, I didn't want to just be for thrills. You know, I really thought it would be awesome if you could do that, but also have it feel emotional as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought maybe if I took the engine of a sports movie of an underdog story oh. and and infused that into this genre movie, um, then you could really be firing on all cylinders. Um, and I had always been thinking about period sci-fi, like that, that's such an interesting combination that's um, not often yeah. done. Um, mm-hmm. And in thinking of underdog story i was thinking about protagonists that we just never see and um native american and and comanches in particular are so often relegated to playing the sidekick or right. the yeah. villain and never the hero um so all of these those things rolled together um and in thinking of underdog story and like what could this person be up against that isn't just the elements what so putting the most like impossible threat in front of them um which became predator and then you guys don't know, um, or maybe you, I don't, because you've only seen the first one, but in Predator 2, at the very end of Predator 2, one of the, because Danny Glover defeats a Predator in that movie, and then more of mm-hmm. them come, and mm. because he was the champion of the film, in, in respect and honor, one of the Predators throws him uh, a trophy, and the trophy is a pistol that's engraved on the pistol is Raphael Adelini ah! 1715. So that remembering yeah. that was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. This movie could exist. Um, there's a, there's a precedent. That's fun. That's so cool. Yeah. So anyway, so that, that was all the origin of it. Um, and I pitched it to, to uh, 20th century Fox. Um, and it was going to happen at one point very early on. Uh, or many, many, many years ago, five years ago, mm-hmm. um, and then the Fox Disney merger happened. Oh yeah, oh boy, and it went away. The irony is that when I pitched it, it was like it's like an R-rated Disney princess movie, right? Yeah, and then, fuck yeah. Then it became literally an R-rated Disney yeah. <laughs> <laughs> movie. Um, so anyway, that's the that's the origin. Man, that's cool. Was the experience of directing it so vastly different than 10 Cloverfield Lane? Because 10 Cloverfield Lane is so tiny. It takes place in like such a small space. And yeah. this, I think one of the things that was so amazing about this movie to watch is it's like stunning. I mean, it's so gorgeous, so beautiful and so vast and wide open spaces. I mean, it just it feels like two such different movies. Yeah. I mean, 10 Cloverfield Lane was like way more comfortable. Uh, to make this was deeply uncomfortable the entire time it was as you said outdoors um and and was it in canada that you it was in canada it was alberta, calgary outside of calgary yeah um alberta um cold and hot and a dog and a guy in a Beautiful suit dog. and <sighs> yeah it just yeah the dog ended up being incredible um but was very the dog was like a rescued dog was not a trained movie dog because we had, had to be a very specific dog that would have been a dog that was in the 1700s in this part of the country. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, 
So we found a dog and they rescued it and they had a couple months to train it and oh my did as best they could. And, <laughs> you know, you're, you, in the movie is every usable frame where the dog was doing what it, what it oh my God. was supposed to, to be doing. Yeah. Um, there are, there's a lot of frames with the dog. I mean, the, the dog is a- very important. Yeah. Well, that was, uh, <laughs> I loved the imagery of also inspired by, uh, uh Mad Max 2, Road Warrior, which is, you know, Mad Max and his little dog. I just love the silhouette of her and her dog, you know, and especially because so much of the movie is just, you know, is nonverbal and her out, you know, wanted there to be mm-hmm. something to um, interact with and there, there would be still a relationship that you're invested in and you're feeling. But yeah, it was very challenging. I tried my best to still think the way I thought on 10 Cloverfield Lane and, and, try to create try to box myself in because it's just mm. it's so overwhelming like yeah. when you're looking at location scout photos and it's just trees you know it's like which trees would you, would you like to shoot those trees or those trees? you know it's like i don't even know you know so really try to create you have all of canada where do you want to go it all looks the same in a photograph yeah. you know right um so try to make it feel authored and steered and like the find find compositions and frames that um uh were focused you know so it wasn't just like cinema all cinema verite and wide Mm -hmm. lenses and just look we're outdoors and um Mm -hmm. like still wanted to feel like uh suspense language um Mm -hmm. on top of eventually action movie language and thrills and all the all those things very cool. Okay, I have a sort of spoilery question, but as we've established, we are free to speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, you talked about your inspiration for this predator um, it, with the Comanche Nation and and your like you know R rated princess and Native American heroine. When I, I want to talk about the flower, mm. the history of the flower, how you learned that, and like where that factored into the culmination of this story, because it is so perfect it is like the moment of realizing like oh shit the flower makes you cold (laughs) it's like as a viewer was so exciting for me um and so i just i'm like curious about how that came to be in the progression of the film well we wanted wanted someone using nature to outsmart the predator uh, Mm -hmm. again um Mm -hmm. and didn't want it i felt like it would be boring if it was just the mud we like we know Mm. We know the mud. We got to wait for her to figure you it out. You put in a little mud fake out, I felt. Was that an intentional that was mud an intentional fake, fake out? out. Yeah, that was, that was, <laughs> she got covered in mud and I was like, okay, mud. And then she washed it off. Yes. And I was yep. like, okay, I had the same thought process. Yeah. You got us. Yeah. You got us. That it was the fun of like everyone, exactly what we wanted was for everyone to be like, ah, I see. Here we go, mud. And then as soon as you wash it off, you're like, oh, this movie, I don't know what's going to happen. This movie could do anything. Yeah. But really, really, really was desperate to make sure the story was not about a girl who wants to fight like the guys, you know, Mm, like just about a girl becoming a guy, quote unquote, using Mm -hmm. um, generalizations that really it's about um, her wanting to prove herself in that way. Um, And we're in spoiler, you know, we're talking, you know, but like, but the lesson that she learned, the thing that she's rejecting Mm -hmm. from her mother in the beginning of the movie is the thing that she needs to um, embrace. And that makes her stronger. Mm -hmm. She's able to incorporate all these 
parts of herself. She's stronger yeah. than any guy that has fought. She's stronger than anyone else in this movie. She's stronger than the better because she's embracing all sides, um, not just I'm going to re- become the other thing. It's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. you need to be all those things. So that was the main thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then they're, they're the, sort of com- combining two truisms. That I, there, I, there isn't I don't know that there actually is a flower that but makes we, you cold. But we do know that Comanche used a lot of obviously herbal medicine um, mm-hmm. for things. And also it is true that we do in medicine today lower in certain body surgeries and uh, you know you mm-hmm. lower the body's temperature um, to slow down the blood and and it does a thing. It's such a satisfying payoff to have learned that early on and then be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) I just love I love that the simplicity of that predator rule of like if he can't see you, if you're not hot. It's like it also is the thing of watching the original pretty really just fucking that's so stupid. Just like (laughs) use your eyes. But that's not how predator operates. And it's like to get to watch it culminate. And that to still be true, but in a new way. Well, it's also yeah, it was really satisfying. It's, it's worth mentioning too. It doesn't make any sense in the in the in the predator <laughs> or this movie because as we because we as we learned, I mean, we knew this anyway, but we shot with actual infrared cameras for, for those <gasps> cool for those beats, and we it was useless during the day because everything is on fire because it's hot. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You're every like the, you put mud on your body, but the mud would be it's hot, hot. Yeah, on, the, on your <laughs> right. body. The, but what is true is like you couldn't see them through trees, and actually, what's the what what the fur trappers end up doing being underground and with mm. with blankets and then or hide mm-hmm. and then but they actually would be invisible to the predator. That's the most useful tactic, right? So if you confront a predator, <laughs> that's what you got to do. Hot tip. Hot tip. That's the only part that'll work. Yep. Man, I love th- I just love the expansion on the predator so much. I mean, the when Emily did the recap, the main thing we talked about was Arnold Schwarzenegger's muscles. <laughs> like, yeah. <it's- laughs> Emily described them as a child's drawing of a cloud, which will stick in, in, in my head. I love that. That's genius. That is what they look like. <laughs> I feel like we were just like searching for words the entire time. And what's what's so good about Prey is that it takes that and like completely turns it on its head. I mean, it's about... Uh, the polar it's about the complete opposite of what it means to be strong and i also loved the scene where i guess it was the french the fur trappers who use their like one bullet guns what kind of guns are those called sorry i don't know what they're called <laughs> well there's muskets yeah they're, muskets yeah, yeah, yeah. yes they're that smooth, sounds right smooth bore musket yeah, yeah yeah when they're all when they all shoot off their muskets it's just one bullet and it's like such a perfect uh counterpoint to arnold schwarzenegger's like millions of machine guns <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um and man, I just really enjoyed it. It's funny that it is the in, it's the inverse. This mm-hmm. movie is the inverse, but it's but Predator is saying a similar thing. It, right. It's just coming mm-hmm. at it from the other direction. But it, exactly. It's like showing the other side of why that doesn't work. The other yeah. side of the coin. Yeah. Where, where, and where Arnold ends in that movie is sort of where Nadu begins inherently. Mm-hmm. But there's obviously there's much more for her to learn and much more to happen. But um, it's just it, the collective memory of Predator sometimes is different from the truth of it. You know, the collective mm-hmm. memory is 
what there's a, there was a meme going around of like, oh, really? She's going to be able to do what these guys with guns and the, you know, it's like, yeah, that's the point of that movie, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the point is they all is the die and the guns matter. don't fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't work. So actually, she's better off already from the beginning. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. He didn't kill Predator with the gun. And I don't want to say I don't want to correct that because it helps the movie. The movie, the power of the premise is like feeling like, oh, my God, this is impossible. If you think too much about it, you go, oh, wait a second. She actually would be better off, um, have a better chance than than those guys. She actually yep. understands the right, yeah, how right, the, right. to manipulate the earth. Um, also, though, this this predator is is different from the predators we, predator. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I want to like, obviously, he's a little bit different. It feels weird to use gender. Pro- he. Um, predator, we tried to who, say who it. Knows. I always try to say it because it's not really who knows what's we don't, explore there. Right. But it does, you know, yeah. The predator yeah, yeah. physically is different. Yeah. Um, but I also wonder if it seems like there are maybe some philosophical differences with this. But this predator behaves slightly differently. And I'm so curious how you came about determining who this predator would be. Well, in part, it was thinking because it's this is 300 years ago, uh, a much earlier iteration of what we had seen before. And then but wanting to fully embrace that, because truthfully, I don't know that uh, the shape, the form of some someone would be, you know, we don't look that different than humans right. years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But then so we started to think, well, maybe it's not just that. It's also that he's like from a different hemisphere of the same planet. And um, so it gave us freedom to make it feel. Yeah. A, much more different than they had previously. I think one of the things that you guys don't know from the sequels, but the power of the of the original Predator was that when you see the cloaked thing, you go, oh, cool. That's that's the predator. That's the alien predator thing in this movie that I've been hearing about. And then it decloaks and you see with the bio mask and you go, oh, no, oh, that's the cool predator that I've been here. That's the predator in the movie, you know, and then the mask comes off um, and then you go, oh, no, that's the that's the thing that's in <laughs> Fangoria magazine. And, you know, um, and that was so special when we first saw that movie in 87 and or whenever you were you know it's like oh cool it like evolves and none of the sequels have really capitalized on that formula Mm. so that was something that i was excited to do was to give that um recapture that and so even for diehard fans of the franchise that are so familiar with all the predators forms to still have its cloaked form feel distinct and unique um have its masked form feel quite different Mm -hmm. Um, and then also when it takes the mask off, that it, it still feels like there's surprise there. And and all of it really wanted to feel much more alien creature like really rem- mm. remembering what that initial premise was. Because so often I think you can feel the man in the suit driving it mm. in mm. sequels and what have you. Um, and and it sort of lumbers around like a professional wrestler. Um and even mm-hmm. some of the designs, it's got this mesh shirt on, like it's very 80s, you know, mm-hmm. and really won this to feel um, much more ferocious, much more alien. So from the look of it, we, and then also needing to feel more archaic. Um, mm-hmm. So less armor, less advantages um, or less less technological advancements than um, the other movies, but still feeling far more advanced than anything uh, on earth. You know, that was a tricky balance of like, it's yeah. got to feel prior to what we've seen, 
but mm-hmm. I don't want to neuter it. I don't want it to feel mm-hmm. like, oh, we've made mm-hmm. it easier for for Nadu to take. And in fact, that was the other thing I wanted to course correct a little bit is uh, it always bothered me, even though it's sort of a story point about the creature. But in the end of the original Predator, it it disarms itself to fight Arnold, mm-hmm. which is a sign of respect. And, it, and once again, it makes narrative sense, mm-hmm. but it also is like, oh, it made it easier. And I didn't want there to be a moment in this movie where it decided to make it easier for her. In fact, she everything that it does for Arnold, she has to do for herself. She has to get its mm. mask off. She has mm-hmm. to get its weapons away from him and find a way, you know, like she has to do it herself. Um, so anyway, that I digressed off of the, like the design of the predator, but, but yeah, and no, it was just a way great. of wanting to make it feel uh, much more what the premise is making you feel like this alien crazy creature. Um, but that's still mm-hmm. bipedal and, and, and advanced and, and intelligent and all that, all those things. I, I'm curious about um, the the um, fight choreography and the training that the actors had to do. The fights are so cool. And how much work did that take for those actors? <laughs> it hard seemed hard. Collectively, they did, I think, four to six weeks of a boot camp, you know, sort of inspired by the stories that we hear on Saving Private Ryan or mm-hmm. the, any any war film where the, where the guys all go to boot camp to bond and, and obviously learn how to be soldiers. Mm-hmm. Comanche were sort of the SEAL Team Six of the 1700s. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the most badass right. to ever badass. So they spent time uh, learning how to handle uh, bows and tomahawks and lances, and um, and then Amber and Dakota, respectively. You know, spent a lot of that, a lot of those days in the in that four week period training to fight. Yeah, and it was challenging because. I I wanted I wanted her to have a great fight hand to hand fight sequence and I'm a I'm I grew, I was raised not just on horror movies but on Hong Kong action movies and Jackie mm-hmm. Chan and Ooh. Jet mm-hmm. Li and all these all these all the great all the greats um and I'm very partic- particular about what I enjoy in a, in a fight sequence mm-hmm. but couldn't obviously she could not be doing martial arts um uh, you know so right. <laughs> it was it was challenging to find a fighting style that made sense that would also be exhilarating mm-hmm. and fun to watch and luckily had a great you know stunt this guy named Stephen mcmichael and um and then jeremy marinas um for some of the fights as well so so uh, amber trained really hard she 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 even before she showed up she was shooting roswell um, before she came to Canada, we sent her the prop tomahawk. Hell yeah. So that she could, ju- I just like, I said, like, just carry it with you all day long. Like, mm-hmm. um, just get, feel like that's second nature so that when we're doing fights, you have to learn the choreography. You don't have to also learn how to handle the tomahawk. And there was, she, she could throw that thing. Man. I mean, she, it looked great. You could tell. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. She's like, very comfortable can- with it. It's a thing you could tell. I feel like you said your appreciation for a certain kind of action and knowing what you like and want to watch, because as as someone who really loves action movies and like I know what action movies I like and what I don't, what I like is I like watching people that like like John Wick movies are my favorite movies because of the skill of like real people just like using it's like dancing and and it really pays off in this movie. You can feel the like true appreciation for actually getting in there and doing it. And um, it's also really the John Wick is very clean choreography, which is what the 
the Hong Kong movies do because they, yeah. because the the way that the stunt people work over there is they're really doing stuff. They're really getting hit. And it's very different yeah. than what it was in the States. So it was cha- it's always challenging. There's like the born style of action that's very visceral and you feel it more than you understand it because of uh-huh. the camera work and the editing style of that. Yeah. Um, and then there's stuff that's in John Wick, which is, you know, directed by stuntmen, ex-stuntmen. Right. Um, and it's like really showing clear ge- geography in an action scene. Mm. And, you know, mm-hmm. and this, I, you know, it was challenging, especially her sequence to cover it in a way that felt very gritty, but also gave you a very clear understanding because the moves that she's doing are so cool, mm-hmm. but I never oh. wanted it to feel sometimes an action. movie can feel like action porn. Like just look mm-hmm. at the, you, you sort of feel separate from what the character is going through, yep. what the story is. And you're just like, Oh, look at cool action happen. Um, and I didn't, I some, sometimes that's the, the byproduct, the side effect of having too clear, choreography because uh-huh. it's just like showcasing choreography you want to hurt a little yes. when you're watching someone in a fight scene yes mm-hmm. like you, you sort of want to be like <laughs> yes. like, like <laughs> yeah <laughs> gotta feel it in your body totally um did you at any point speak to anyone that was involved in making of the other predator films just one of the movie's producers um john davis um mm-hmm. has been there from the beginning and then of course the adi the guys who built our predator Mm. Oh, cool! Oh, yeah. They they worked with Stan Winston on the first Predator movie, awesome, um, wow. and then formed their company. And, they, and as 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 their company, they did um, a number of the previous Predator films. And they not only did they built the Predator, but they built the weaponry as well. So awesome! That was you know I thought when I got the job there'd be like the Predator Bible, you know, like, okay, right. here, that, that Fox has in a vault somewhere of like, here's the rules and here's all the designs. Yeah, well, that, and- some, that IP can be so like limiting in a way because it's like, you've got, you can't, move outside this box but that doesn't exist that didn't exist like Fuck that yeah that no one there really had that intention and and there wasn't that information unfortunately for me and it <laughs> yeah. wasn't until meeting the adi folks and they had their own sort of bible and stuff that had That's been cool. in previous or pitched in previous movies that never made it and that really helped us um design all of his arsenal and suit and mm. stuff so no, no conversations with Arnold. No conversations with Arnold. <laughs> but there's been this thrilling moment now on Twitter where uh, Jesse the Body Ventura tweeted oh, out yeah. to Amber and 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 Bill Duke <gasps> as well. So it's two guys from the original. Oh, cool! Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah, Twitter's a great place. Sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes Twitter can be is. good. <laughs> Sometimes it's good. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm also. I just want to know, like, for you making this movie, what was the best part like what was the most exciting part of the experience for you or and it's hard to pick one i'm sure but um hmm. i mean well the best part is making a movie anyway with good people you know <laughs> mm-hmm. um that's that's the joy you know growing up it actually was not really it was it was during the making of this that i remembered this and realized this about myself that I was, I was the kid that loved movies and comics and video games and, and had a, dabbled with friendships here and there that, but no one really loved it as much as me. And I, and, mm. and, and I, mm. I, I, didn't, I didn't have the same interest that most people in my neighborhood, school, whatever were. I never had sort of mainstream interest. So I, mm. I always, I always, you know, part of, the, part of the joy, I know people like rag on LA a lot. <laughs> I happen to like living in LA because it's an industry town be, be, because 
most people here like the thing that I like finally. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And, and so when I'm making a movie and my favorite thing to happen ever is when, well, first of all, just in the, in the prep phase, that's my favorite phase is prep um, mm. because everything is like going to be great. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. it hasn't no challenges, so much potential. Yeah. The weather's going to be great. Everyone's going to show up. No one's getting hurt. <laughs> but also, you, you know, you find yourself sitting in a room with grown adults taking very seriously the idea of make believe, you know, and yeah. Yeah. so when I see two other people on the crew trying to figure out something about this thing that I'm dreaming up like that's my face it's not like me talking to them it's when they are talking to each other because it's like the frustrations i had as a kid trying to get people to make the movie with me and on the weekend or whatever like it's like whatever that was that was that open wound like heals every time that, <laughs> that i like have that moment and then seeing amber some some there's some bits of this movie that she is like having a very spiritual experience uh, and it is not it's not really acting it's not it's like she's really going through a thing mm. and witnessing those and then and in the final product of the movie and the way that's like it it, it just gives me such so much goosebumps and and the react like like we, well we screened the work in progress um in comanche nation as we were working on it but since then mm. we've gone back the movie finished and Jane, the movie's producer, she's Comanche. She's from Oklahoma. And she said there were four screens, screen the, screen the movie. And at the end of the movie, there's a title card that says for Comanche Nation. And you could and, and the women were luluing. Uh, oh. uh, and you could hear them through the screen, like from what, like, oh, wow. and it's like. Oh. It's going to make me cry right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm so tearing up wow. right now. It's I just so, got the chills. That, that kind of, that stuff is like. Mm. The best. That's the best. Yeah, you know, it's it's good. That's it's really cool, cool to make a movie that is like does good for you know that you don't mm -hmm. just have to make medicine. You don't just have to make ice cream. You know you can like mm. do both things. So that's been the best part. Man, that's cool. Those parts. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's a really very beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you so much for spending the time to do this with us. This yeah, has been yeah. amazing. Thank Seriously, you guys. thank you. I'm, like I said, I'm I'm a I'm a fan. Um, I'm honored to be invited, um, and I look forward to, to 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 listening to the episode. I was like, on the one hand, I was like, <laughs> as always, like I'm like, oh, I want them all to watch it, though. I don't want one person, <laughs> yeah. someone to spoil it. We did, it we did. The dream came true. Um, and we then now, did so, it. But now, but I also do enjoy the like questions that you guys have when you haven't seen. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it, like you said about like Nightmare on Elms, it brings up. Uh, things if you're not watching that you go like what about this how'd they do this and what does this totally, mean yeah totally yep. but yep. i'm very pleased that you guys all watched now i now i really can't wait to to listen back yeah well we spoiler alert we loved it <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, um, and yeah congratulations it's a huge hit huge. congratulations yeah seriously everyone's loving it it's not just us um and yeah it's it's such a thrill we can't wait and please, please come on after your next movie, too. Mm -hmm. We can't wait to talk to you and again. not before. But what if it's not a scary movie? <laughs> Doesn't, Doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. matter. Free pass. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's even better for me. Okay. I prefer right, it. Right, right, right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. What an excellent, excellent conversation with Dan. Thank you, Dan, again for coming.
What a wonderful, wonderful interview. Ooh, so cool. So thrilled we got to do that. Um, and can't wait for the next Predator movie. The next movie that Dan does, maybe a lighthearted romp, it seems. <laughs> we'll find yeah, out. That's what it seems like it's going to um, be, a rom-com. Something really probably. easy, breezy, and delightful. Um, but until then, we'll bring you something probably less delightful next week. Should we do our Predator impressions? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could edit it in. Oh, yeah. It's Okay, there. Perfect. From all of us here at Too Scary Didn't Watch. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if one episode a week just is not enough for you, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast to become a patron and receive all sorts of extra goodies from us, including bonus episodes, trailer reactions, and more. And no matter what, we will see you right here next week for another episode. We love you so much. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.